Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and thank you for joining our Relief from Darkness podcast, where we're having conversations with people who've walked out of various hard places and into freedom. So today we're going to be hearing from Jolene and her struggles with insecure attachment. So Jolene is now happily married to the love of her life. They enjoy spending time with their four children and together they run a small business. But now Jolene's passion is ministering to girls and women using her testimony to help others find freedom through Christ. Her overall message to the world is do it again, God. I'm Molly, and we're here today with our Relief from Darkness crew, where we're continuing our conversation, exploring how we can truly be set free from various stuck places in our lives. And we're talking about anything and everything ranging from depression to complex trauma to eating disorders, nightmares, really all of it. So we really do believe that the thought processes that have us in these stuck places can be healed. And as our thought processes change, our brains change. And if you change your brain, then you change your life. So for this session, we're going to be hearing from Jolene and her experience with insecure attachments. So she'll be joining us today along with our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. Hi, guys. And she's going to be covering some of the basic neuroscience that goes behind insecure attachment. So with that attachment or the attachment bond is the emotional connection that you formed as an infant with your primary caregiver. So for most of us, that's going to be with our mothers. And according to attachment theory, the quality of the bonding you experience during this first relationship often determines how well you relate to other people and respond to intimacy throughout the rest of your life. So it's huge. So with that, Jolene, can you tell us kind of your experience with insecure attachment, like what that looked like growing up and then how that bled over into your adult life? Sure. So I grew up in a home where abuse, infidelity, rage, um, just really a demonic atmosphere where we're normal. My dad was extremely abusive to my mom uh, to the point where he had to take her out of state one time and say that she was in a car accident because he almost killed her. And so we witnessed abuse of, you know, our mom on almost a daily basis. And so we grew up without your just normal foundation of security of Mm -hmm. trust. Um, I just had no boundaries. I was an incredibly insecure person growing up. And uh, on top of that, because we knew that mom had so much on her plate, so much, so much chaos, so much strife. You know, the the Bible tells us where there's strife, there's every form of evil. And that was a very good description of our home life. And so because we saw that with our mom and our dad and, um, just the infidelity again, insecurity and all that. Um, we just we we just had zero foundational security, and we knew even when things went wrong, there was really no one to turn to. There was no mm-hmm. one to go to. You, you never felt safe. Um, I was abused at a very young age, uh, sexually abused, and even at, even at the young age of you know I was. I was four going on five the first time that happened. Yeah. And I knew even at that young age, I could not bring that home and tell mom because she had way too much already going on. And then on top of that, the enemy brings in shame. He opens his wide door of shame when that happens. Yeah. And, and he just, you know, 
whispers in your ear to, to keep it quiet. And it was your fault somehow. Sounds super isolating. It is. It's very isolating and it's very depressing. And uh, it's, it's really hard, especially as a child, because you don't know how to compartmentalize that, which, right. which just like kind of a side note to that. I didn't realize, uh, or he, it wasn't brought back to my remembrance, a lot of the sexual abuse and traumas mm-hmm. until I was, uh, a, a lot of years later until yeah. I was older in life and where I could deal with it with him. And, and he did that with me and he freed me from it. So there's freedom from, yeah. from everything, anything that happens to us there, there is freedom. So what was that like, um, growing up then? Like, how did that found, if you had that foundation of insecure attachments and that isolation and shame, then how did you eventually in your adult life end up relating to others? Or even how did that affect your relationship with Christ? So I grew up Catholic and I, I grew up in a religion, not a relationship. Yeah. And this isn't, this isn't anything against Catholicism or, or anything like that. Cause I have a lot of on fire charismatic you know, Catholics. But for me, my experience was I grew up in a very dead church. Mm-hmm. Um, the priest that we had at our church was an alcoholic. And it was, it was very, it, to me, it was very boring to go to church and it was a labor and it was a, something we had to do. It was called a mortal sin <laughs> if you didn't go to church. Wow. So we went out of duty, period. So there was no relationship growing up. Um, as far as me personally, just even with girlfriends, I was so codependent that my friend, I have a friend from high school to this day that we would joke. I, I couldn't go to the store and buy a can of veg all for my mom without going and picking her up first. I was completely codependent. I just, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go anywhere without somebody else. I, I was extremely insecure. So that bled over into uh, my relationships with men. Mm-hmm. So my dad was two different people. He was later diagnosed schizophrenic, and we had to do an intervention, and um, there's a whole story to that. But my dad, every <laughs> it seemed like about every chance he got, we would look at my mom and go, Mary Lou, you wanted these blankety-blank kids. I didn't. So to say that we weren't, you know, we weren't feeling the love, that would be an understatement. Yeah. So I didn't know who I was. Growing up, I didn't know not only who I was in Christ, I had no identity in him, but I also had no identity as far as from love from parents like like we should get so that they can point us the way to Christ. Yeah. Um, Dr. Lori, can you give us the brain dump on insecure attachment and how that affects people growing up and into their adult life? Absolutely. So I think Jolene's really touched on several things in the past. We've mentioned the ACE score, and there are certain things that happen in childhood, adverse childhood experiences, that if we have certain things happen, then it predisposes us to have volatile relationships, health problems, difficulty in relationships with spouses, maintaining jobs, consistency throughout the rest of our lives. And but, but with this, I really want to touch just for a second on insecure attachment. And so if we think about the population, it's interesting that 50% of this population here in America, at least they say ends in divorce, marital difficulties result in 50% of people being divorced. And it's actually 50% of our population has insecure attachments. 
So Jolene's not talking about just some fluke thing that happens periodically to one of us or or 1% or even 10%. It's 50% that insecure attachment that if you look at the adults in our population, that that one out of two will have secure attachment and the other will not. And so whether they're anxious or avoidant or have fearful attachment, this is a serious issue. And then if we break it down even further out of the 50% of the population that has insecure attachment, then one out of four will actually change throughout their lifetime. And so if we think about the CPR of insecure attachment, connection, the psychoeducation, the routine, we have to then, if I've got, if I'm one out of the two that have insecure attachment, then I know that I'm going to have to take risks and learn how to connect. And there's a saying that the hell that I know is more familiar and feels better than the hell that I may not know. And so it's interesting to see those behavior patterns that typically, if we have those behavior patterns as a child, we'll say, well, we don't want that to happen as as an adult. And the behavior pattern repeats itself. And Mm -hmm. so we have to know that there's ways that we can securely learn how to connect that we can have compassion for ourselves, that we can decide who we are. We have to connect with God, not out of religion, but out of relationship. We have to connect with ourselves and have compassion for ourselves and heal. And then we have to have some people that are secure that we can attach to. And for a lot of people, that may need to be a therapist or somebody in pastoral care or safe relationships, because if we don't have that, then a lot of time the psychoeducation of this is that we'll go back to that familiar pattern. Again, the hell that I know is more comfortable than the hell that I don't know. Because, But we know that then I can change. That one in four with insecure attachment will actually do the work that needs to be done. And they'll learn and actually change their brain and address their insecurities. And they'll learn new skills so that they can attract and then they can become someone who's actually secure to relate with. And so that brings us into the routine that there, there'll be really, really important things that we'll have to learn how to do in our routine to make sure that we're safe and that we're not repeating that same behavior pattern that we've seen or that we've had in really volatile relationships. Yeah. So Jolene, with um, some of that, like Dr. Lowe's brain dump, can you tell us like the walkout process or anything else that you want to just like keep going? Sure. With? Sure. So I have been married three times. I can I can say I'm very happily married today. So I have <laughs> I have walked this out. But yeah. um, however, my marriage uh, to my first and second husbands um, did not go so well. So my first one, my first husband, I was very young. I attracted somebody uh, very much like my father, mm-hmm. um, my mm-hmm. earthly dad. I like to say I um, this may sound weird, but I, I married both sides of my dad. So yeah. marriage number one, um, he too was very unfaithful. He was very uh, narcissistic. Um, he led a double life. He was he was a nice guy when we were together, but he thought we had this perfect little house and marriage. And uh, but however, he was in sales, and when he would go on the road, he would take off his ro- his ring, and poof, he wasn't married anymore. Mm. So he had this whole double life going on that eventually uh, was brought to the light when his travel budget was was cut. Okay. So the saying goes, sin can take you down a road you never intended to go and keep you longer than you've ever planned on staying and doing more damage than you ever imagined. So that would, that would 
very much sum up my number one uh, or number my husband number one. Yeah. Yeah. The long and short of it was he was having affairs. He was on the road. He was having several affairs at once. He got kind of entangled in a relationship with a girl that her thought was, well, if I can't have him, nobody can. Mm-hmm. And she ultimately ended up uh, shooting him and killing him. And she is to this day in, in the penitentiary in Colorado. Wow. So that was kind of that one. I had divorced him shortly before that. Um, but it was very tragic, very sad. Yeah. So my second husband, you know, Lori talks about that which is familiar. Mm-hmm. So infidelity was familiar to me. Um, making my husband my God, that was familiar to me. My mom very much made my dad her God. And, and we learned that, you know, you're conditioned as you grow up, as you watch that, as you listen, you're, you're conditioned to those familiar things, but also familiar spirits in the spiritual realm. Yeah. So after, after husband number one, I became a Christian, but I wasn't free. I still had all that shame Um, There, I had roots and triggers and traumas and you name it, it's still there. So I was a Christian and I was a new creation in Christ, but that's a walkout, you know, for some of us. And it very much was for me. So I, uh, I took all that and I was a brand new Christian. I was, I was learning the word. I was going to church. I was on fire for God. And along comes husband number two. And he tells me, he got me hooked up in his religion, his family religion. So I'm going from finding relation to back to religion. Yeah. And I very much made him my God as well. I didn't realize it at the time, but I did. He was a very controlling person and very, he also would rage. And uh, there were just very much two sides to him. Mm-hmm. So kind of like my dad, you know, my again, my dad was diagnosed schizophrenic and uh there was very much two two different sides to the second husband. Yeah. So I also want to say here, you know, I our parents do the best that they can. Mm-hmm. You know, I I totally forgive them. I've forgiven my my ex-husbands. We we all do the best that we can until, you know, we cry out to help from God or or we don't. Right. You know, and some but for me, after number my second marriage, I was desperate. And I just went, okay, God, the buck stops here. What do mm-hmm. I need to do to change? What What did I do that ever attracted somebody so unhealthy, you know, as as him to me and me to him, mm-hmm. in, in the spiritual realm and but also in the natural? And I just thought, gosh, I I'm really broken and I need some help, and and things need to change here. So I I went after God with everything in me. I when I say I was desperate, I mean I was desperate. And so I, uh, I found out about a, a ministry uh, here in the city that would just help you get free mm-hmm. from some things. And, and I pursued that and was faithful. And I just, I did whatever God told me to do. I, I didn't yeah. care if it was convenient or not, or the timing of it, you name it. I just knew I had to get free because I wanted, I wanted God's best. I still, I still believed that there was, there was good meaning that God had a good plan for me. And it, and it was really good. He dropped in my spirit one time, Jeremiah 29, 11, It's my life first. You know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. 
You know, mm-hmm. he's he's got a good one. His his ways are never they're not our ways. His timing's not our timing, but they're higher and they're yeah. better and they're so good and he is such a good redeemer. Can I ask you uh, to just kind of contrast it, you're married now? Yes. So can you just kind of shed some light on the attributes that you were looking for in someone who's secure? Like what did that look like and how was it so different than the first two? Sure. So my third husband, my current husband, my um, awesome husband that I'm happily married to. So after after the first two marriages, I was single for eight years and, oh, wow. and I was celibate for eight years because that was another thing that I did not do. I didn't do it God's way the yeah. first two times and, and really didn't know, you know, I wasn't a Christian then and, and I was doing what I saw around me, but I took accountability for that and went, okay, I need to change things and I'm going to do it his way fully. And I told him after the second divorce, I said, God, I want to, I want to do this your way. I'm not going to date. I want you to bring my husband because you say he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So I'm going to do this your way. You you bring him to me. I'm not, I'm not going to go to a bar. I'm not going to get online like all my friends are doing. I'm a, I'm going to allow you to work and you to bring him to me. Yeah. So some of the attributes were, I want a godly man. That was my first and foremost. I want him to love God more than he loves me or anything else. I want to be second. You know, so he's got to love you first and then second. You know, he's got to love me like Christ loved the church. What does that look like? He's on his knees every morning and every night, you know, and he jokingly says, you know, I, I got to go talk to, you know, our dad because I got to tell on you. But he, uh, <laughs> he, he just, he's always, he, he just, he's in the word, you know, and I wanted that. I wanted to have that, that common ground, yeah. so to speak, because when you, when you have God between you, you can talk about anything, you can resolve anything. I'm not saying everything's perfect because nothing's ever perfect, but let me tell you something. It's pretty awesome. It's amazing. He's kind. He's generous. We've got the same heart. We've got the same interests. He loves people. I had this list of things that I just went, God, this is, this is who I want. You know, this is who I want in a husband and wrote him down. And we were just friends for, for a couple of years. And then one day everything changed. Yeah. His daughter was going on a missionary trip to Africa, and uh, I was working for him at the time. And um, he he just said, he, his daughter's name is Presley, and he said, Presley, get over here and let me pray over you. And we prayed over him. And by the time we said amen, I it was like this, for lack of a better word, scales fell off my eyes. And I just <laughs> went, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Like, he's everything on my list. You yeah. know, he's everything. And things just changed. And we started dating. And 30 days later, we got engaged. And we are coming up on our fourth anniversary here in a couple months. And it's, wow. it's been amazing. That's that it. That's wild. Yes. And uh, yes. So he's, he is, if, if there could be a, a an, another theme to this is, man, God is a good redeemer. He just yeah. redeems all things. And one of the things I prayed for too is, you know, I was never able to have kids, and 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 I love kids, and I I wanted kids and grandkids, and so I said, you know what, God, I'm not going to have physically, you know, birth kids, but let my husband have kids, and I specifically asked for daughters because I want to share in their in their weddings, you know, and so, uh, Randy, my my husband has three daughters and one son, and ironically enough, the same year we got married, 
We got married in February. 30 days later, his daughter got married. And then that fall, about six months later, his other daughter got married. So <laughs> that was like, a, I just felt like a bonus gift from God. Yeah. And then we have two grandkids and one new baby coming soon. Oh. Grandbaby coming. Can you also shed just a little bit of light on the things that were changing inside of you? So like you've prayed and you've made your list of the husband and whatever, but what was what was God doing in you or solidifying in you that moved you from that insecure attachment into securely knowing what you wanted? Or even if someone's on that journey of just like, I'm in insecure attachment and they're noticing that like, then what was, what did God do inside of you? So my number one tool, if you want to call it that, is the word. Yeah. You know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Just the word, the word, the word. I got in the word and I ate the word. Yeah. I mean, who does he say I am? Not, not from my past, not even who I thought, but I just realized one day, okay, if I want to attract God's best, and I do, then I have to be God's best. And mm, how do I do that? That's good. I dig into his word. You know, Jeremiah 1, 12 says, you have seen well, I watch over my word to perform it. So I started declaring things over myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I started declaring my true identity. You know, I'm a child of God. Yeah. He, he, God, God doesn't just love us. He adores us. And he, I mean, so much so that he did give his son, his only son to die for us. That even, even Molly, if it was just you on the earth, he still would have sent Jesus to die just for you. And I, and I really started grabbing a hold of that and, and what the word said about who I was in Christ, not who I was growing up or my past or any of that. Yeah. Dr. Lori, I feel like that was a lot of really good stuff that I was wondering if you could talk about a little bit about like, I don't like what you attract, Mm -hmm. like if I'm putting off a vibe or if someone's putting off a vibe, like what does that look like? You know, I don't think Jolene mentioned it, but I just have to talk about the redemption of God. And it's really (laughs) funny, but husband number one, his name was Randy. Husband number two, his name was Randy. And then guess what? Husband number three's name was Michael. I I know his (laughs) Seriously, I had to tell my family that his name was Michael because if I went home and told them, look, I'm bringing home another Randy, which I was, I, I, I didn't want him judging. Before they met him, like, like, you know, do you give him type. Give him the benefit of the doubt here, you know? So I literally told him his name was Michael. But yes, his, I, I, am, <laughs> I, I am married to my third Randy because, yes. yes, God has a sense of humor. And yeah. that was literally one of the things that day when I prayed about it and went, Okay, God, I'm having all these feelings for him. I thought we were just friends. Like, you know, it, and <laughs> I literally heard the audible, like, laughter of God. Some say the audible voice of God. I heard audible laughter <laughs> of God. And we laughed together. I mean, belly laugh for 10 minutes. And I went, oh my gosh. And he said, tell me I don't have a sense of humor. Tell my yeah. kids I don't have a sense of humor. And I was like, man, you do. I was like, holy moly. <laughs> Yeah, so. isn't that funny? So let's just say, hypothetically, you're in a room, the, you the listener, and you've got 20 issues. You are a big, hot, dysfunctional mess. And you might be one of the most dysfunctional messes in the room, but more than likely you're in denial. And then there's another person that's on the opposite side of the room, and hundreds of people are between you, and they actually have 20 
messes and 20 dysfunctions inside of them. Somehow, some way you will meet. And then when you meet with your 20 issues and they have their 20 issues, it's not that you have 20 issues. You guys actually have 40 issues that are going to bounce off of each other. Mm -hmm. And so there's something that's interesting because if you have 20 issues and let's just say Molly has zero to one, then Molly being secure in her attachment is really not going to put up with you in your 20 issues. Yeah. And so I think Jolene really nailed it. The best thing that she could do is to get incredibly better. Because the thing that we don't want, we actually attract. And so just for instance, my favorite color is pink. And so I want you to think about pink. Pink is beautiful. I told my husband the pink is a new black and we have pink curtains and a pink bedspread. <laughs> and I don't think he's as excited as I am. But think about pink with me. But then I'm going to tell you, okay, now don't think about pink. And what are you thinking about? You're still thinking about pink. And so if you say, I don't want to attract that. And so I think really the best thing, because we will attract who we are, is that what happened is what if Jolene actually got so free from her and knew knew who Jesus was and had a real relationship. And then she attracted somebody who was also free from themselves and then they could be free from each other and then together they could thrust each other into the destiny that God had for them individually and then together. And so that's a beautiful, healthy relationship that we have to personally work through some of our stuff that's not it's not really cute and it's not really funny. It actually will destroy our lives and everybody else's lives if we don't re mature relationally. And they say the most one of the most telling signs of an immature Christian is their wake and trail of dysfunctional relationships. And so this wow. is an area that I think we all need to do quite a bit of work in. Yeah, that's good. Um, Jolene, just to throw it back to you for a second, if someone's listening and they say they can identify with some of the things that happened in your childhood or they're sitting there and they're like, oh my gosh, like I attract those kinds of people or they're in the middle of that right now, like what would you say to them? I would say, first of all, seek help. And what does that look like? Yeah. So God sent me two women that just spoke life into my life right mm -hmm. off the bat. You know, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I believe the Holy Spirit is our teacher and he will lead us into all truth. So he'll 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 put people in our path. I don't care if it takes an angel sometimes, you know, to yeah. to bring truth, but he will put tools, resources. You know, this was one of them. NBI was one of them. The ministry I mentioned before was one of them, and also two two women that I as I began to unravel my story and just talk, which was very healing, they spoke truth to me. Yeah. They spoke life. And and they just would say, you know, what if all of that wasn't your fault or if I spoke um, something that that wasn't truth or it was very condemning, you mm -hmm. know, the, the enemy loves to condemn us. You know, he accuses us night and day, goes around. But if we can take every thought captive and just go, okay, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. God will mm -hmm. convict us. But, but um, truth, so what I would say to them is, first of all, pray. Pray for godly resources, whether that comes like, like for me, two women that spoke truth or 
ask God, what, what do I need? I don't want to live this way. I know you have more. Yeah. God's a great redeemer. He's got so much more. He's got a good plan for us, but we have to do our part. So God, what does that look like? Yeah. What do I need to do? Take, take accountability. Because mm-hmm. when I had a victim mindset growing up, I did. I blamed others all the time, kind of like Lori just touched on. Yeah. When I would get triggered, I would look at them and go, oh my gosh, if you would just not do that or say that, then I wouldn't have to get angry. I literally thought it was other people's fault for triggering me, yeah. not taking accountability, not realizing, wow, this is inside me and I'm a mess. And wherever mm-hmm. I go, there I am. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I keep down this path, I'm going to attract a third, you know, unhealthy husband and, and not just husband, but friends. Yeah. You know, you you are who you surround yourself with. So I, I also got rid of, you know, some unhealthy friends. And I just sought out some very wise people. I sought out just healthier friendships. And I prayed for that. I was like, God, you need to surround me. Iron iron sharpens iron. I need that. I don't even know what that looks like. So show me. And he did. He's so faithful. Yeah. And I I did my part. I didn't go looking to find, to fill up that hole, that God-sized hole in me, you know, that, that I, where I needed freedom. I didn't go looking for that in a man. I knew that was not the answer. Although the temptations came and, and the Holy Spirit would just go, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 don't go there. And I would listen. I learned. I'm like, I don't want to go around. I I don't want to go to my third desert here, so to speak. Yeah. So I, I started praying, God, God help me, you know, to, to obey quickly. When I hear your Holy Spirit, let me obey quickly. So I don't justify because the flesh is willing, you know, the flesh is weak. (laughs) But let me let me obey you so I don't go down that path again. Yeah. Dr. Lori, um, if you could give one takeaway in light of Jolene's testimony, what would that be? People ask me all the time, where do I think they're going to be? Or what's their prognosis? Or what's it going to look like in six months or a year? And in the middle of that, I like to say, I could probably predict based on what you spend your time doing, what you spend your resources on and who you're around. Mm. And so I think it be it would be really appropriate to think about then. Let me ask the listener just a few questions. And the first question is, can anyone make you angry? And can anyone destroy your mood or your day? Or do you have a trail or a wake of unhealthy, destructive relationships? Or do you cuss? Do you stomp? Are you passive aggressive? Do you do silent treatment or do you avoid or do you get close to somebody and then withdraw or are you a hovercraft? And so these are all signs of insecure attachment. And I remember a Sandra Bullock movie that I watched a long time ago. (laughs) And so when she graduated from the program that she was in, she said, okay, so now when can I date? And they said, oh, no, no, you don't need to date. You need to go home and get a plant. And if you keep the plant alive for a year, then you can get a dog. And if you keep the dog alive, then after those two years, then maybe you can start dating. And so I'm not going to recommend a plant or a dog, but I would recommend that if you have relationship issues, again, a sign of spiritual immaturity, God actually said that we need to love him and then love our our neighbor as ourselves. If you have insecure relationships, insecure attachments, I'm going to encourage you to do what Jolene did. And she needed to find somebody that was outside of who she would typically attract. And it came in the form of two 
female relationships that she could really connect with. And a lot of times, if that's unfamiliar, it, it'll actually feel like risk taking mm-hmm. with our brain. Yeah. And after that, then she needed to grieve the abandonment and the, the, the abuse and the horror that she had been in and the neglect of past relationships. And then she was going to have to learn how to connect in healthy ways with safe people. And then as she discovered who she was and what she liked or didn't like, then we can't tolerate unhealthy relationships. So I think these are all really, really critical things that we can totally walk out of if we're willing to look at it and be real and vulnerable, if we'll establish safe people that'll be in our lives, and if we'll do the really hard work with our routine Mm -hmm. to have healthy relationships. But there's nothing better. We are actually hardwired and designed to be connected, connected with God, to know ourselves and to know others. And those who have been wounded or hurt at the hands of other human beings need to be loved and healed in the community of safe humans. Yeah. And that's where we learn. I mean, that's how we're going to heal is by being around people who are healed. I mean, if we have Mm -hmm. someone who's in secure attachment, they're going to offer back to us secure attachment. And so if I could just sum this up, what I'm hearing is, is if I'm struggling with insecure attachment, I'm struggling with identity or shame from trauma or condemnation, or that I make poor decisions over and over again, what I'm hearing is that I can be healed and that it can look different. Yes. And what I'm hearing is, is if I could just, it's that whole, um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future kind of mentality. If I can surround myself with healthy people who can offer secure attachment and if I can learn and own up and take responsibility for the things that I've done and not in shame or condemnation, but to let the Lord heal it, that I can seriously change my brain and change the way I'm thinking about things. And then you change your life, (laughs) Molly, we change our lives. So I want to just thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Jolene, for sharing your testimony. It is amazing. And thank you, Dr. Lori. So, and thank you guys for listening to Relief from Darkness. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.